I feel that I need to share. I need to share what the Lord has laid on my heart this week. We've been going through a study on Wednesday night called Jesus Continued. And um, this Wednesday, as, as we gathered together, we had a discussion about our role in worship. And and how so often we approach worship from the mindset of what you got for me today, preacher. Or maybe even what you got for me today, God. And so our worship becomes something that is not as God intended. It becomes you sitting in a chair, a nice comfy chair, and trying to hear something that I have to say, or, or hopefully that God has to say. Or maybe even singing a little bit. But our discussion as we've gone through this study on the Holy Spirit is how the Lord moves in our lives through His Word so that we participate in worship by encouraging each other. By hearing from the Lord individually and knowing that God does something in our lives in order that we can turn around and share it with others. And so as we discuss that and as we drew near and God began to put together our Victory Sunday service, um, I knew that what I had been planning all week was not something. I mean, it's it's 10 to 12 now, and if I start now, we might get home by 1230. Um, so I didn't, I said I wouldn't preach that. Uh, you get that next week, okay? Um, but I wanted to share something the Lord said to me in His Word Thursday morning. You have to understand. That on Monday, your spiritual lives matter to me. On Tuesday and Wednesday and every day, what God is doing in your life matters to me. And if you care nothing about God's Word, and you care nothing about God doing something incredible in your life, I feel a sense of responsibility over that. Because I am your pastor. And so, Wednesday, Wednesday I came to the office. I had a lot on my mind about that responsibility. Um, I had a lot on my mind. I didn't say much. Wendy, Wendy knows I talked to my wife. That's a good thing, guys talk to my wife so she knows everything going on in me. And uh came to the office and before I knew it, somebody asked me, what's wrong with you today? <laughs> what are you mad about? I wasn't mad. I was just thinking. That's my response. I'm thinking. We go through the study and after the study, the very things that I am grappling with internally are laid out on a plate to me from someone else. Now, that means nothing to you at this point. But I went home. I sat down. Laid down. 
continued reading a book and talking to the Lord. Thursday morning, I got up, I got my cup of coffee, I sat down at the table, and I began to read Mark 2. In Mark 2, verse 18, this passage has always frustrated me. Always frustrated me because I go, what is? what does that mean? Listen to Mark 2, 18. The disciples of John and of the Pharisees were fasting. That's not the fasting part that frustrates me. Okay? Although, never mind. Then, they came and said to him, why did, why did the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. And he's talking about a celebration. As long as the bride and groom were in that week of wedding ceremony and celebration, there was a party going on, and no one fasted. They indulged, and they enjoyed the time together. And he's using that as a picture of, uh, of himself as the bridegroom. And what he says to his disciples, or, or to those questioning him, is the disciples have no need of fasting because I'm right here with them. And then he says this. This is what frustrated No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Or else the new piece pulls away from the old and the tear is made worse. You're looking at me going, that's pretty simple. That makes sense. I understand. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Or else the new wine bursts the wineskins. The wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins. You say, why is that frustrating? Because when I read that, I see us. I see me. I see an area where you and I have become so accustomed to this thing called church that all over the place our wineskins are bursting. Because we're trying to place something new the Lord wants to do in our lives into old skins. We, we want to hold on to everything that we've known in the past and, and go through the motions and fulfill our duties. We want to hold on to everything and just take in a little more of Jesus as, as we can get it. As we can get Him. But the reality is this. These, these guys, they were coming, they were questioning Jesus. Look, they understood their concept of doing more. They always thought they had to do more. But Jesus came and He offered something that only He could do. They understood keeping the traditions. We've got that. He offered a totally new concept. They understood what others expected of them, but He offered to them completely new expectations. Jesus comes. 
And into this highly religious culture, he begins to speak. He begins to say, guys, those old wineskins need to be thrown away. He begins to say, guys, those, those old clothes, you, you can only patch them so long. He says, I didn't come to patch the old. I came to give new life. So we get into our, our, our culture. We get into this church thing and we, we put on our church clothes and we put on our church face and we think this thing called following Jesus is about religious activity. The more we pray or the more we go to church, look, look, I, oh, golly, the school calendar kills me. Because the school calendar dictates our lives. When summer comes, we don't need church anymore. Because that's vacation time. God help us. God help us. That we forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as some are in the custom of doing. But that we would come together and encourage one another all the more as we see the day approaching. Hebrews 10 and 25. Because the reality is this. God doesn't look at our schedules and say, hey, run away. Forget all about me for a little while. Come to me. Now look, I'm not talking, it's not just about a church house. Because look, I'm not talking about just more religious activity. I, I'm not talking about let's sing louder and sing better. Let's sing more. It's not about it's not about just praying more and going through the motions more and doing all this more. Jesus tells these guys that's all they were concerned about. That's why they were questioning because Jesus, they're not following the religious ritual. Jesus is just not about all the ritual. It's not about titles. Not about whether you're Baptist or Methodist or Presbyterian or whoever. It's not about that. Jesus says it's not about your religious activity. So hear me. I think you need to be in church to worship the Lord and grow together. But I'm telling you this morning, it's not just about doing that. It's about pursuing Him and allowing Him to have every part of you. See, this religious activity says, I, I need to do more. 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 That's not what it's about. It's not about rehabilitation. It's not about rehabilitation. It's not about thinking, uh, well, I need, to, I need to stop doing this and do better. Because rehabilitation is not the answer. Rehabilitation is not God's uh, desire. Look, when, when you come to Him... He, we, he will rehabilitate you. But He doesn't say rehabilitate yourself before you come to Me. He does not say get all the kinks worked out and get it all fixed. He says come to Me. Put off the old clothing. Let Me put the new on you. It's not about religious activity. It's not about rehabilitation. It's all about regeneration. All about regeneration. It's all about the new life that He can and will give you. Regeneration says this: I cannot 
do enough. I need Jesus. Rehabilitation says, Lord, I cannot. I cannot please you. I cannot account. I cannot live this life on my own. Therefore, Jesus, I need you. And so Jesus comes and he offers us new life. New life. We talk about eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We talk about eternal life. Eternal life. And and so our concept of church and our concept of, uh, in many ways, about this life of, uh, this Jesus life we claim is, is about one day when I die, I can go to heaven. Yay! It's a pretty good reward. If you understand what Jesus talked about was not just so you could go to heaven in the future. What Jesus talked about is a radically different life now. A radically different life here now. Now, I'm, I'm going to move Miss Cindy's cards. It's noon time. I'm about done. Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to move fast. Y'all know what that's for in just a minute. Here's, here's what we got, okay? This picture, this clear picture, represents our lives. These rocks, I didn't go where I expected, represent, represent the things in our lives. And so we come before Jesus and, and our lives are empty. The Bible says that we're dead in trespasses and sins, that we're lost. And that we have nothing in and of ourselves that is pleasing to God. And so when we come to that realization and we, we believe what Jesus has done for us, we, we, we're born again and, and all of a sudden the Spirit of God fills us up. To overflow. Scripture says that in Christ, we have rivers of living water welling up in us. We are full in Jesus. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you've been to that place. You've been to that precipice and, and out of faith, you took that step and you believed the gospel and He filled your life up. Y'all remember that? Anybody remember that? I didn't want to go to work the next day. I wanted to go tell people what Jesus Christ had done for me. Because I was full and overflowing. All of a sudden, life happens, right? I see jobs come in. Now y'all know what the pan is for. And, and our hobbies come in. And, and, and our, our ooh, family comes in. And maybe our, our, our habits come in. That probably needs to be a bigger rock. And... Um, Let's see, what else? Uh, pork chop? Let's see. Not pork chop. That's not you. But um, we, we have all these things that maybe it's our, 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 our private time and our, uh, our collections, our money, and, and, and all of these things begin to crowd out the filling 
God has put in our lives. We begin to wonder why we have no room. We have no time. We've got all these excuses of why we don't need to. Because we allow these things to crowd out what the Lord wants to do in our lives. And then sometimes bad starts to happen, trouble starts to come, and all of a sudden we start digging. We start trying to pull these things out. What can I get rid of? It's kind of like budget, our monthly budget. What can we get rid of that, that's just in the way? And, and we start dealing with this or dealing with that. And we realize that even the more we pull out, the emptier our lives become. Because we're not replacing thing that matters most. So here we are. We've got all these pieces of our lives. We can't not go to work. We can't not go to school. We can't not earn money to pay the bills. There's so many things that are a part of our lives. What do do we do? Then we realize Apart from Christ, once again, we've made ourselves empty. We've given ourselves all this freedom and we've walked away from Him and we wonder, why do I feel so dry? Why do I feel like God is absent in my life? All of a sudden, we we recognize that the one thing we needed most is Jesus. we come back to Him. We cry out to Him once again, Jesus, I need You. And He begins to fill us up. Not rehabilitated. Not religious activity, but Jesus. And notice what happens when we pursue Jesus with all our hearts. Even those things that are involved in our lives are touched by the Spirit of God in us as we pursue Him. Folks, I want to encourage you today. There are things in your life that are crowding out what Jesus is trying to do. You can make every excuse in the world and you're going to miss the greatness of God what He wants to do in your life. Or you can, like Miss Cindy, cry out to God for the healing you need. Cry out to God, not, God, help me be more religious. Help me pray more. Help me read your Bible more. Not, God, help me do better. God, give me you. Because apart from Him, there's no victory. No lasting victory. Apart from Him, there's no everlasting life. So I want to challenge you this morning to come back fresh today to Jesus. Before you can come back to Him, maybe you need to empty yourself.
that today? Would you come? We're, we're going to have a time of invitation. Maybe you need to pray for that healing. Maybe this morning you come and your water is cloudy and dirty because you've never been cleansed of sin. Maybe you're just empty and dry. Would you come today and let Christ fill you up? Forgive you and cleanse you and give you life? Would you come today and say, God, I need you. And let Him renew your faith. Would you take that step of obedience, that step of faith? Look, it's not in coming forward that anything happens. Maybe you need to fall on your face right where you sit. Maybe today. As a step of of declaration, you want to come to the front and you want to say, God is at work in my heart. I need people praying for me. Would you do that today? Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're not in the business of putting patches on our old lives. But that as your word says, you take out that heart of flesh, that heart of stone, and you give us a new heart. Give us new life. I thank you today that you are not just wanting us to rehabilitate ourselves or to become more active in our religious activities, but that, Lord, you want us, just as we are, to come before you and allow you to fill us up. Father, in this room today, there are those that need healing. Physical, spiritual, emotional, mental. There are those in this room that need your strength. Father, today I ask that in this time of invitation, you would supply our every need. And you would work in us only what you can we yield to you. Father, I pray for a willingness today to empty ourselves of all that is, has become so dear to us that it clouds you out so that you could fill us once again. In Jesus' name.